0: i they start with something nice and Parshus Vayikru in the Padis Yasefi. It brings a story from Chayan Velazhna. Chayan Velazhna had a yeshiva they had to support, and he would send out people to collect money. And one of them came back saying that there was a certain um, oyster, a nudev, who didn't want to give money for yeshiva. Why? He doesn't want to give through a third party. I want all my money to go for the yeshiva. I don't need a Mashilach coming and taking whatever percent he's going to take off from it. I want it all to go straight to the yeshiva. When the yeshiva comes for the money, I'll give it to him. I know it's going straight to the yeshiva. Velazhna said to this person, I don't want to take any money from you. You're only giving money if you're crossing everyone out and making sure all your money goes to the yeshiva. That's a goyish way of giving tzedakah. That's what he said. So with the goyim, when they give money to the cloister, to the tifla, whatever it is, they don't give it through a third party. They give it straight to the, to the tifla. But Yidn doesn't go like that. A yid wants more people to benefit from his money. A yid wants more people to, to enjoy his money. So there's a third person, another person making some money, so be it. There's a certain ayin toiva, a certain fagining that a yid has, which is a yidd so we find by the Kabunas, this week in Vayikru, that from a goi, you can't be macabul anything other than a carbon A Ashlum not. Why is that? Because Ashlum was a carbon that was a shulim, you know, between between people in this world and Hashem because everyone everyone benefited from it. The Kahana made from it, the bala made from it, and Hashem made the made from it as opposed to a oiler, which was cool to Hashem. A goi doesn't have that feeling to have anyone else enjoy you know what he's giving to Hashem. So that's why he can only bring a carbon oiler. Only a, but but a yid definitely has more options because a yid has that ayin toiva to let people appreciate um, you know what, what what he's what he's offering and have more people gain from it. This Indian of Ayin toiva it's it's a it's a it's a big middle. Bakant Ahtishadim talks about it a lot and Bakant how much he worked on it for years to really forgive someone else. And I mentioned in the past, this almost, this this time I'll say almost because somebody once corrected me in the past, came up with some interesting word that I wasn't aware of. But uh, it's not my own idea this, that there's no word in English for forgiving. no real word for the, for the, at least not a common word because it's not used. To forgive someone to see that someone else is going, it's going good for him and he has and he's and he's wealthy or successful and I'm happy for him. Right, I've just said about Moshe and Aaron, he'll be happy for you. You don't find that in English language because the and, and that's why this is something that you know, sometimes it's hard to notice sometimes, but sometimes you have this even at home. Even with your own children, you almost don't find that somebody should be jealous of a child. A child's success is my success. When it comes, however, to a spouse, it's hard to say that. You don't, you don't find that Chazal should tell us that. You, so you find, if my Talmud is being successful, it's my success. At least there's a certain ayin toive, however you want to understand that. But when it comes to a spouse, I've seen many people get stuck and not even realize sometimes how much... Then I, I won't say they're hurt by the fact that somebody else is being more successful than them, but it definitely intimidates them, it definitely makes them a little, I don't want to use the word jealous, but maybe it does. And I I had people that heard me talk about this in classes and reach out to me and say, you know, you pointed it out to me and I started realizing that there is a certain aspect of jealousy between me and my spouse, and now that I'm aware of it at least, it definitely takes the edge off of the negative feelings, realizing that this is something maybe I should work on, or maybe it's just about me and not about him or her, and that's just something to think about. So working on the idea of ayin toive, even when it comes to a spouse, seeing how someone else is more successful or fulfilled or popular or happy or easygoing and things like that, is something to not only feel good about because I'm happy for my spouse, it's sometimes something to take advantage of. Sometimes not being happy about it is just making you lose out and not being the one that could also benefit from what somebody else is, is having. So with that, let me read... Uh, letter that I got a while ago. Okay. I first one, hi. I first want to thank you tremendously for all the you give. It's amazing how you answer with such patience, clarity, and deep insight. Your lectures are inspiring, powerful, and a pleasure to listen to. May Hashem repay you for all that you do. Thank you so much, and umine. I'd like to ask a question and give some background information. You could change some details. Okay. So, I've been married to a wonderful husband for just a little more than five years now. We have A good show and bias with open communications, the ups and the downs, and the regulars, and a very lovely relationship. My husband loves to give, and he usually does things all the way. Just recently, he got a job that he loves. It's different than his previous jobs. This one's more like a hobby, and he thrives there. I started feeling like he doesn't need me anymore. It was very painful, upsetting, waiting and craving for him, and to be disappointed once and again. We discussed the matter together a few times, and he promised to try being there fully for me and for the kids more more often, but it looks like it's too hard for him. I took a marriage workshop and then another one, trying to do everything possible to be a better wife. I did see some improvement, but far from what it used to be. My husband really feels for and understands me, but doesn't have time to do more than that. So I'm very confused. Maybe I'm too needy, which is something that he actually suggested. Is there something I could do that I didn't try yet, or should I just get, to, or should I just get used to our new lifestyle? How often can I ask him for more time? And how much more should I back off and wait for him to come forward? It happens to be that it seems that this job that he's in now might not even be too long-term, but I'm afraid that from here he will just go on to something very similar now that he got the taste for it and things won't really change in the future. Thanks for listening. I hope you can give some chizik. atzlocha. Okay. So let me start with a few um, just introductory points and then go on to addressing the, the question the first thing is that you had five good years of marriage. Um, that's wonderful. I'm very happy for you. Many people don't get that. I'll be honest with you. Um, but aside from that, the fact that it was good in the beginning, which means, I don't like using the words compatible, I think maybe. Everyone's compatible. Myself, but the fact that you saw and experienced that amount of time, appreciating each other and, and understanding each other and living well together, gives you something to be very hopeful to get back. Sometimes people never experience it and they don't know if they could or not and they get very hopeless, maybe it's just not working, maybe we don't, uh, Maybe it's not going anywhere, maybe it's time to think about something else, but the fact that you had the good times together means that you do understand each other, you fit for each other, and aside from the little ups and downs, you definitely um, had and have, you actually write the word, have a lovely relationship, which I think is, is wonderful and something to be grateful for, not just about the past, but something to bank on. Um, another point, the fact that you mentioned that you have discussions about this, okay, I just want to pick up on that, discussions are wonderful, um, us human beings, the most powerful tool we have is the one that I'm using right now with the and and that is the tool of communication, being able to talk, being able to express, being able to share um, what's on our minds and our feelings. And it's a shame when people can't do that. So for the people that haven't tried it, it's, it's a big problem, and you should always start trying it in the right way. The people that did try it and didn't seem to be successful with it should never give up. Assuming that communicating is not working because I tried and it's not working so let's just stop talking about these things it's not a way to go because there's not much that you have other than communication. Now of course there's behavior and there's attitude and there's a lot of other things and, 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 and things that are more technical and practical and, and acts of kindness and acts of service I understand all that. But without communicating there's nothing in a relationship. So it's important to communicate and if it didn't work the first time you try it again. Don't give up on it. This is the, this is the most useful and productive tool you have. However... When you try communicating something once or twice, and even if you try it a third time as well, and it didn't go well, there's something to learn from that. Keep on trying the same thing and expecting different results. As we know, is insanity. And that's not where you're going. If you try telling the same thing to your spouse or child, or anyone for that matter, and after two or three times attempts, it wasn't, it wasn't taken well, it wasn't productive, then to keep on doing the same thing is just going to build frustration on everyone's, on everyone's part, on, on your spouse's part, hearing the same thing again and again. Stop, stop, stop. I heard this already a thousand times. You hear it from kids as well. As well as you getting frustrated, your message is not getting across. So you want to be creative. And you want to be able to tweak your message or figure out which parts of your message weren't um, being taken well or why they weren't being taken well or maybe it was the timing or the tone or the content. But without giving up on communication, you should try to come up with something a bit different or try to hear from somebody and maybe I'll be able to give you some ideas about how to communicate a little differently than I Ayyusha now, getting to this issue over here, we have an issue of a woman, a wife, who was feeling more taken care of, more understood, more loved, more I don't know what. And now, you know, somebody got very preoccupied, very passionate about, about something, and um, he doesn't have as much time or patience or I don't know what or headspace um, for her. It's bothering very much. She's not sure if it's her or it's him, if she has to be a better wife, or if he's not being a good husband or what there is to do about it. So let me just break it down a little bit. This is, this is more normal than you think. Normal doesn't mean that it affects every marriage, but it, it's normal. Seeing this, or debating if it's either my issue or his issue, and it's probably either one of us, either he's being a bad husband or I'm not a good enough wife, is, is, not, is, not, is not the way to go. And very often, going one way or the other causes resentment um, in different ways. Let's start with, with yourself, the person asking. It's always the one that's most important to addressing. You could, be, you could be a wonderful wife, a great wife, and it could be that's why you had five years of wonderful marriage. Fifty percent of it was because you're a wonderful person. Could be. I have no idea. I, I, I'm, I, I'll be honest that I'm missing some of the... My intuition is not telling me exactly what's really going on over here, which sometimes I feel more comfortable figuring out between the lines. I don't know. I don't know. But it's possible. I'm just saying there's a possibility, and it could be... It's not possible. It could be that the possibility is the opposite. But it's possible that you're a wonderful wife, and you're doing everything right, or almost everything right. Um, and it's just getting more frustrating to try even harder and not get the results you want. Now, you did mention that taking workshops and working on yourself made things a little better. Wonderful. I think that almost everyone could always improve. Which means that even if you're an 80 or a 90 wife, and taking workshops made you into a 100 wife, and that's what's, what's um, responsible for the significant improvement, that's Wonderful. It doesn't necessarily mean that it, it doesn't mean that it wasn't necessary to begin with. It, be, it was necessary. It, it accomplished. It also doesn't mean that you could try even harder and take more workshops and get another ten percent. Another might not be that way. You might be doing just fine. Now, I'll, I just want to mention. I, I do hear from people. People write me emails all the time about wonderful workshops and courses that they, they have taken and all the improvement that it caused. And I'm happy to hear it. It's wonderful when a woman is is willing, especially women. Those are the ones I hear it from more. It's wonderful when a woman is willing to do some introspection and take a workshop that's going to help them be a better wife. It's wonderful. And, and when that does accomplish, it's amazing to see what, what being a better wife could bring out of a husband. But to be too self-critical and think that you're too needy or not good enough and then just get frustrated by trying harder and not being successful, it's not a way to go. So, so that's just one side of the equation to, to negate. The other side, to assume that your husband's doing something very wrong and very bad and it's all his fault, I don't see anything very bad over here and let me explain why. A few points. Point number one. Life moves on. I spoke about this a few times already. Life is not stationary. Things change. Situations change. If you're going to enjoy the honeymoon um, atmosphere right after you get married and then, and then be disappointed by the fact that as you go on, the initial um, excitement is not there anymore or the fact that somebody or that the woman got pregnant or having children or financial burden or things. The fact that things change over time and even if it's just age and stage and commitments and responsibilities and, and, and things like that, it's, it, it's, it's not reasonable to expect that everything will just stay always the same. So the fact that you had a certain um, pleasure, a certain geschmack, a certain comfortability in your marriage, is not is not. A re- you, have to, you have to be reasonable with your expectations about how long and, and where that's going. At the end of the day, your husband is moving on, and you're moving on, there's schedules, there's babies, there's responsibilities and things, and if he got a job, chances are that especially if it's a job that he likes it will affect in some way how available and how much, uh, you know, how, how, much, how much energy he still has for other things. I'm not saying that, that it's good to be obsessed with work or to put all your head into it. I'm just saying that automatically when somebody didn't have that, things will be different when they do. It's just something to expect. So don't you need to be hurt or, or disappointed. You have to be, you have to be reasonable. Another, another important point is that all qualities, all qualities, which is you know, something you mentioned, that he, has, he, he loves giving and he, does, he likes to do things all the way, all qualities are a double-edged sword. The people that are outgoing and social and bubbly and, and, and uh, um, fun-loving and the ones that are nice to be around um, are also people that probably will be socializing with other people as well. So a woman who's enjoying her husband's love to give and love to do things all the way might have to deal with the fact that he will probably be using some of these qualities elsewhere. And this is what everything. When somebody is when somebody's, um, very thought-through it's a wonderful quality. On the other hand, it's it, you know definitely could be stopping someone in his tracks of, of making progress and, and and being productive because he's too thought through. He doesn't make a, he doesn't have to make decisions. The fact that somebody's uh, not spending too much, right? Very, very many husbands will appreciate when they have a wife who doesn't spend a lot. Right? They know that she's not just wiping cards, right? But then again, when you want to do something or go somewhere, she might uh, you know give him put in her two cents about why do we have to spend so much money? How are we going to have tomorrow? Yeah, that's that's what life's qualities are about. So the fact that you have a husband that has. Um, qualities and now he's using them somewhat in his passion and things that he enjoys is something to expect and something to uh, not, not, be, not resent one more thing I also want to mention is that everybody has their own personal needs and it's something I've taught uh, many husbands many men to know how to express properly when somebody's spending time with friends for example and same thing with women you spend time with your friends a reasonable amount of time. I'm talking about now about when things are within reason and within healthy boundaries, and not being overdone or unhealthy. Often, you'll have a spouse use it against the other one and say something like, "Why you spend time with your friends? Why do you spend time with me? They come before me. Why are you putting friends before me?" Now, again, I'm talking about when it's reasonable. The answer to that is, and not always will saying the answer um, help you, but it's important to just understand it on your own first. And sometimes it will help you to express it the right way. I'm not putting my friends before you. Is that I have certain needs, mine, personal. And one of them are to have friends and a social life. And that's a need of mine. And when I spend time with them, I'm not doing it for them, I'm doing it for myself. And when I do that to myself in a reasonable amount of time, I would, I would appreciate if you could be understanding of it because uh, it's just something that I feel I need. So it's not that I'm taking them more seriously than you. It's that I'm taking myself as seriously maybe as I take you. And we're both very important. And as much as you have needs, I do too. And actually part of my needs is to spend time with you as well. I'm not spending time with you to do you a favor and my needs are to spend time with other people. I have needs to spend time with you and to have a social circle and to enjoy myself and to go and come and things like that. And the same thing when, when men are in, involved in whatever kind of askunas, whatever kind of, um, you know, helping people or chesed, or whatever it is. Chesed comes, chesed starts at home. It does. But it's also important to remember that sometimes like somebody has a certain need to get out there and to accomplish and feel fulfilled. And he might not feel getting that fulfillment by, by, by changing diapers at home or helping his wife put kids to bed. Maybe he should, maybe, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's fine for somebody to have needs. And it doesn't necessarily mean he's putting other people before you. Now, in this case, if somebody has a certain passion or a certain hobby or whatever it may be and, and he, he enjoys that and he's involved in it, don't be resentful about it. Don't, don't use it against him. Part, part of it is very normal and something that should be understood So, I hope I just put into a little perspective over here that what you're dealing with is a relatively normal situation. It's normal for a wife, even a good wife, to have needs and to want her husband. It's normal for life to move on and change. It's normal for a husband to have his things as well. And I think this is all just putting things into perspective. Now, let's get a little more practical with some ideas, and that is that while life is not stationary, and you should expect things to change over time, and you shouldn't expect things to just stay the same and then get challenged when they're not status quo anymore, it's important to adapt. If your husband's more busy than he used to be, then even though um, in the past you were able to spend more time over the supper, ta- supper table by, by the supper table with him over a meal. now you can't because there's either babies or because he's not home enough, you can do other things there's there's vacations, there's date nights, there's quality time there's whatever it may be. If you adapt to the situation and you understand what it is that you're dealing with instead of crying over the spilled milk you know that used to be there you're, you're adapting to what's now available. You know, who said is the difference in the study? With the with the mice and the and the humans, the mice when they when they used to go and finding the cheese somewhere, and now it's not there anymore. After one two attempts looking for the cheese where it used to be, they go looking for it where it is now. As opposed to the human when he goes somewhere looking for something that he used to get, and it's not there, he just stays there his whole life and starts crying about it and telling everyone about it and talking about it and never moving away looking for something else. So it's important to realize that every stage in life and every situation in life has things that you could that you can get that you can benefit that you can. You can, you can work on, you could uh, cash in on. So figure out what they are now and be reasonable. Being reasonable means take into consideration your husband's needs, his schedules, his responsibilities. Um, instead of challenging them or being resentful about them, I, I think working with them you know, to the best of your ability is probably going to be better now if you express yourself nicely, not in a challenging way. And you also talk about your needs and you try to make sure he understands what's important to you as well. Instead of just saying, no, I understand this is your needs and your schedule and I don't want to get in any of your way, that might not be good because maybe he is overworking, maybe he should have more time at home. Talking about yourself without being challenging and being understanding and trying to accommodate and see what we could work out together is often um, more beneficial. Another important point is that you have to be very practical. What it sounds like you discussed over here with your spouse was we discussed that he'll be um, more available. right? We, we discussed that what does it say? Hey, that he'll he'll try to be there fully for me and the kids. First of all, I don't know what "fully" means. I don't know if that's practical at all, um, or it's reasonable. But, well, but but he'll be there. What does "he'll be there" mean? I, I don't know what it means. Does he know what it means? Do you know what it means? That's what happens sometimes when people talk about vague progress or vague. Agree, you know, we agree on something that's very vague, and it's very hard to assess. I once spoke about this in regard to Chinach. I was talking to a manal about the people have problems with the Chinach system. We're promoting tests and academics and marks and things like that. We should be marking kids on their behavior and their middas and their shumaim and, and they're trying. A, a child is trying to learn, you should get 100. Why does he have to know the material? There's truth to it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to, you know, I'm just trying to explain what Amanal what told me. He said that there were times that, that different Moses tried doing these things, it didn't work. Because you can't assess how hard someone's trying. You can't point out to him if, he, if he's trying, if he's not trying. When he's marked on a test, you, you could assess something. You can assess if you got a zero, if you got a fifty, if you got a seventy, if you got a ninety, if you got better than he got in the past, worse than he got in the past, if he's doing you have to be able to to assess something and see if it was done. When a husband and wife talk about you'll be there for me, you'll be understanding, you'll be nice to me, you won't scream. It's very hard to assess. Is it being done? Should I appreciate it? Should I not appreciate it? Is it a little better? Are we falling back? Are we slightly falling back? Is it what it used to be? Where are you going? If you sit down with your husband and say, you know, it would mean so much to me if we could spend two hours a week, one hour this night, one hour that night, a half hour a day, 15 minutes in the morning, by night, if you could do this for me, if I could have my time to lay down, you could take care of the kids certain times, certain things, certain chores, certain responsibilities, you could assess if it's being done, your husband will feel good doing it and knowing that you know that it's being done, you have what to appreciate, you could, you could notice if it's not being done, and things like that. So being both reasonable and practical, along with the understanding of what's really going on over here, I think is something that when discussed the right way, Instead of giving up on communication, you, you promote communication, but you do it in a way that's more productive. And this is, I think, helpful for many people out there with different situations. This is just, I'm applying it to the question over here, but I think this is something that very, people, very many people could, could appreciate hearing. Let me end off with a few small points over here, like I started with. The idea of am Toiver. I'm not suggesting, and I don't know, but maybe, sometimes, for some people, it's important to realize that, yeah, maybe I am just a little intimidated of my spouse's success, or even jealous of it. Maybe. Again, it doesn't mean that you're bad, it doesn't mean that he's good. It means that it's something to take into account. Two ideas that might help you. I don't know if they're practical at all, or reasonable, but for some people they are. If he got involved in something, you get involved in something. Now the point is not that you should both be running in different directions and neglecting the home, or or being obsessed with different passions, but sometimes there are people out there, I know. I hear this from men who tell me, I'm involved in this, I'm involved in that, and I have such a sipic and a fulfillment, and I feel good about it, and I'm productive, and my wife does nothing. And I know she does wash the dishes. She takes care of the kids, but she doesn't feel good. She's not. She's not involved in anything that makes her feel good. Maybe it's time for you to do something. Some small project. Some small relationship. It could be small. You could mentor a girl at risk. You could. You could be talking. You could be involved in some small chesed thing. You could. add things that you could do that will make you feel good as well. Another idea might be to jump on board and get involved in what he's involved in. I know it's not always practical, but I've seen people who are successful with that too get involved in helping him with ideas or hearing about his successes or being there for him or joining him, that might be for some people some idea to resolve some of this kind of tension, which might also ease for him um, taking you more seriously while he's passionate about something, not seeing you and that as a contradiction. So I do think that all women should be more understanding of men and sometimes even cover for husbands when they're not home because they're involved passionately in making money. Many many young men tell me, I come home from a day of work and my wife throws at me the kids and the laundry and everything because she, she had a day. Well, what did I do? So sometimes in situations where you know that your husband enjoys his work, some people look at it like, what do you mean? He he enjoyed himself a whole day. He likes what he's doing. He's making money. He's going to meetings. He's It could be he likes what he does, but he put in a day's work. So it's important to take that into consideration as well. I can't end before saying that all the men out there, myself included, especially those who actually enjoy what they're doing, and they might have a wife who's waiting for them, and maybe even feeling a little intimidated by how much they enjoy themselves and how successful they are, it's important to hear a question like this and realize that, yeah, you have someone waiting at home for you, and part of your obligation is, which part of it means to give time to someone and to look their way. And very often when you give it in advance before they ask for it, before they get resentful about not getting it, it's a little cheaper, and you'll get away with more, and you'll be able to accomplish more. And very often when you and your wife will be on the same page, understanding each other, and you'll be more understanding of her. She'll be more understanding of you. She'll be able to forgive you. She'll be able to um, enjoy what you're what you're enjoying and be happy for your successes. And I'm still for the right understanding and the right approach and the right communication. We could all live together. shalom